podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey, and you're listening to the guys of the Coppin Frackers. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Carpet Fracast, powered by Touchline Media Group. I am your host Chris. Uh, this week I am joined by Ellis and Peter, but before I introduce the guys, uh, a few housekeeping notes we're going to get off here. Um, it's that time, of the, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Another Touchline Fracast fight card is on the horizon. Uh, when this podcast is released on Wednesday, Wednesday, the 1st of December, I was going to say 31st of November then, got my days confused, um, you will be able to watch in the evening, in the evening, uh, the Touchy Gunas versus Mugger fight card. That is right. The guys are going up against each other in a clash of titans yet again. You can imagine the heritage and the banter that will come with this pod. So be sure to check out for that uh, on the Touchline Fracas and the Mugger and the Touchy Gooners social media pages for when the link goes live. And of course, if you like what we do here, our Carpet and Fracas, then head over to the Patreon page, which is www.patreon.com forward slash Carpet and Fracas. Um, before I kind of like go into the little bit of spiel about our Patreon page, I want to thank you. I want to say a big thank you to all of our patrons. Um, I was looking over the numbers and all the content we put out and some of the, we've had some real good, fantastic feedback from all you guys recently on all the stuff we've been putting out. So a massive thank you for you for subscribing to the page and just really enjoying what we do. You're the lifeblood of what we do here at Cop End and you keep us going. Um, but the fun does not stop there. And if you're not a patron member, then I don't know what you're doing at this point. I'm just £3 a month. You can subscribe today. And December is going to be a massive month for everything we're doing here at Coppen with so many games coming up, so many shows on the horizon. We're going to have a Kef story where we review classic Liverpool matches, classic LSE players. Uh, we're going to have a new Football and Me series where we really get into why the guys love football, their origin story. It's going to be the... Cop and Fracas Cinematic Universe here at Cop and so of course if you love what we do here then do head over to the Patreon page and subscribe today um, like I said earlier I'm joined by Ellis and Peter uh, on this fairly cold Tuesday evening but it's a good time for the Reds so lads how are you doing this evening? I'm blessed bro I was just randomly um, was on Twitter as you was giving us the wonderful News as you do, and England women are winning 19 nil versus Latvia. I'm, I'm sorry, what 19 nil? 19 nil. I kid you not, bro. Somebody, somebody on Twitter said, Oh, England are winning 17 nil. I'm like, What? Oh, sorry, 18. <laughs> uh, yeah, 19. So, yeah, that is very, that is mental. But yeah, I'm all right. It's cold, but yeah, I'm all right. Latvia needs to leave with something. 
It's one of their places to come out and go. I'm leaving something. (laughs) 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 Something. Someone needs to leave with something. I mean, fair enough, man. I gotta say, speaking of the women, the the Liverpool women's team have been smashed it up recently as well. Um, They're looking very much to get back in that WSL. Uh, where they belong. Some really good performances. Uh, Missy Bo Kearns, um, Taylor Hines. Some, some really good performances, man. They've got some really big wins and they're going quite far in the cup as well. So, you know, uh, check out what uh, the AFC women's team are doing too. Uh, but Pete, how are you doing this week, man? I swear that's far from them, man. Yeah, I'm doing well, man. Ralph, Ralph, hey, Ralph and them, man. Hey, they done us well. So yeah, man's 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 doing well. He, he he made some crazy crazy decisions on the weekend, but yeah, we'll get into it. So yeah, thanks to Ralph and them, man. <laughs> the the success rate on that meme is unparalleled. You know, when it, for, for yeah, whatever yeah. circumstance it's used, you know, Ralph Hassan or Ralph Ranick, it's the, the success elite. rate is the roof, elite. Man. Elite. elite meme, elite meme. Um, let's get stuck into it then. Um, you know. Four piece, no sides, part two. This is the remix. Another four nil win for the Reds. Four uh, nil, a, a very comprehensive four nil win against Southampton. Um, I think I believe we were all on the post match pod as well, so we get to go in a little bit more detail here, which is which is good. Um, so just kind of delving into it. I mean, for, for me personally, I think scoring early in games, no matter no matter how the magnitude, it's always a bit of a curse. Um, and I kind of hate it a lot because you, you're on edge. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how the team are going to react. And you, you're patiently waiting for that second goal. But, I mean, f- from the very start of this game, Liverpool just create. Um, how impressed were you guys with the volume and quality of chances that we created on Saturday? Uh, okay, I'll go Peter. Um, yeah, Joy is um, when Liverpool have all their personnel, they're very unstoppable. So I think we've got to the point in the last three seasons used to this um especially since probably 2018 i want to say mm-hmm. whenever Tottenham, whenever tottenham beat us since then i just think we, we just got used to such an elite level of football where we expect to be beating teams four nils and sometimes when we don't win like four nil five nils we get a bit like pissed off like right we should have taken our chances and whatnot so i think that this is something that we're already used to obviously last season was a blip in in regards to everyone knows what happened. We didn't have our personnel. Um, it was like a skeleton without his spine or human without his spine. It's not. It's never going to walk, is it? Ever, because it has no spine. So that was what you saw last season. Now we've got everyone back. Maybe not to the level where we had them before, but nonetheless, seventy percent Van Dyke is better than everyone. Um, Allison is back. We've got a midfield intact. Strikers are are blowing everyone away. So yeah, this is something that we're really used to. And like you said, scoring early is always a good sign for us because when we score early, I know yeah, it's going to be a good day. Sometimes it could. <laughs> so I think when you're when you're a smaller team and you score early, it's a bit of a bad sign because it's like oh, flip sake, we've woken up a giant now. Now they're coming to terrorize us. But for <laughs> Liverpool, when they score early, I know that yeah, we're going to have a a very calm day because now the the other team, Southampton, they have to now think, okay, how do we, one, shut up shop and two, try and hurt Liverpool. In the game, they did have a few moments where they did hurt us, but overall, 
Yeah. Yeah, I was happy with the performance and yeah, we look we look like we're coming back to our best. Peter, piggybacking off what Alice said there, kind of how different we look from this season, this season compared to last season. Obviously, the personnel massively helps. But I think the playing style has definitely changed too. And one thing we're noticing is the quality of the chances that we are creating are much higher than we are used to in in you know in seasons gone past. Do you think that's down to anything pers- with that personnel? Or do you think it's just a little tactical tweaks that the coaching staff have looked at over the summer? Um, I think, yeah, I definitely agree with Ellis. I think there's definitely some credence in a lot of um, our key personnel being back. So in terms of, obviously, Van Dyke helps, especially in build-up. You see, when he's got the ball, he takes off Addison. He's able to do that either long diagonal or he's able to maybe to come short and give it to Thiago. So that really helps. Instead of like just having someone who's not a centre or having someone like a Nat Phillips or Reese Williams who's not able to play out the back, you know what I'm saying? So that, that really helps in having our key personnel. Obviously, we have um, Thiago as well. It obviously helps a lot in build-up. And I think you see, especially in this game, um, you see that he's able to um, come deep. Sometimes even, to, I think in, the, in that game, actually, I think he probably took a bit too many touches in the first half. But obviously, he's still able to come deep and help and build up and playmake, be another playmaker in our team. Um, I think, to answer your question, I think, obviously, I think Klopp and Pep have worked on have little tactical tweaks. So, obviously, everyone knows that we attack in uh, five lanes. So, we have the fans five lanes of attack, you know, as most big teams do us, Man City have. But, obviously, our ones usually have been our wingers are the widest um, players on the five lanes. Um, our inside forwards come um, our second to widest. And then we have the nine in the middle, obviously. But I think this season, we've seen a change. So, actually, we've seen, hen- well, the right centre mid and the right back swap. So, we've seen, like, Henderson being the widest player and Trent coming um, being inside, so he's not. Trent is actually not in the forward line anymore as such. He's actually in yeah, yeah. the three behind the forward line, and so um, yeah. So you have you have tactical tweaks like that. Um, I don't think to be fair. I don't think every single game it happens like that. So sometimes in different games it changes. But what it does help with it is that um, you see Trent is able to get into um, central positions, pick up the ball, and displays like um, quality passing. It's not all just about crossing, you know what I'm saying, from the from the um from the byline. He's able to come inside and um obviously play it um to our forward line and obviously help assist. But with um when Thiago comes in, um you see, I think you you've seen you've seen it on Tuesdays that Trent um the responsibility not Tuesday, I mean Saturday, the responsibility is not so heavy on him. Like even Trent, I didn't really notice him on the ball as much. His influence wasn't that much because it was like, okay, we have Thiago who's able to get on the ball, and we also have Robertson. Robertson he might he maybe not a playmaker, but he's still able to create chances. So you see that burden of Trent is taken off him, and that's what you want because obviously you see like Man City, they have multiple playmakers, they have multiple guys that can get on the ball. It's not just one person. So you saw that again, and I think this creates many um, problems for opposition. So us now being able to build centrally along with um, building on on the width on the wings is also um, another way that we're able to get goals because teams don't before when you play Liverpool. In the last two or three years, you just know, okay, everything's going to come from the wings. You know what I'm saying? Everything they do is going to come from the wings. But now, we also have great players centrally. Um, you saw that with Harvey Elliott when he came on the side, and you saw that with Thiago. But you know what? I actually think they've done this because they wanted to suit Harvey Elliott's strengths. So, um, by having someone, having a midfielder who plays um, on the um, closest to the byline, 
Javier used to be a right winger. Um, yeah. He's obviously comfortable in those situations. He's comfortable in areas like that. So it was like, okay, we can put Harvey Elliott on a um, by the byline, Salah to come inside and Trent in the middle. But obviously, Harvey Elliott got injured and Henderson does the same job. Probably not to the same extent, but to be fair to Henderson, he's, he's quite comfortable because we know that um, in the Dalglish, was it Dalglish? He played right midfield a lot. So he's comfortable in those areas anyway. So, but, um, so yeah, so I think obviously those little tactical tweaks, you have to give credit to Klopp and the team. And it's, it's helping us a lot in terms of attacking. Um, I do think it has its downfalls in defence. I think it does leave us a little bit more open. But, yeah, it definitely creates a lot more goals for us. Um, I think we scored, what, 39 goals this season, is it? Yeah, well, I think, I'm not too sure the actual number, but it's something insane. Goals, yeah. I mean, I mean, especially when you, you know, we, yeah. we're all big, we're all fairly big on the XG as well. The, the, the amount of, the, the way we're outperforming that is just absolutely insane as well. I think what we're seeing this season, especially with the Thiago with Thiago being integrated into the team a lot more, is what I think we were supposed to see last season uh, with the full personnel. You can see that they wanted to do a little bit of a tweak to the tactical change in the style, just to keep it a bit more fresh um, and attack the league again with a different style of play. It's it's less controlled than we're used to, but we're creating a shed load more chances. And one of the things I want to... I was going to ask this a little bit later on. Yeah, I will say, though, I think there's elements... I think it should swap around. I don't want Trent to always be in, in the inside because mm-hmm. against like West Ham, him having to face up against Suchek and Noble, I really didn't like it at all. Because it's just like, I don't want Trent anywhere near them lot. You know what I'm saying? I want Trent to have the space. I want him to be out far away. You know what I'm saying? So he can have the space to cross it in. So I would like it to be constantly changed. I wouldn't always want Henderson on the outside. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. We'll have to see, obviously, if if we'll be at this the whole season or they will continue to swap and change. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a really good point, especially when we when we get all the personnel back as well, because you've got Curtis Jones to integrate in that in that too. Um, they just have some traits that are fairly similar to, to Harvey Elliott. I mean, both converted wingers now playing midfield as well. They can do a lot of that work within the space. I was gonna I was gonna ask this a little bit later on, but first half especially Southampton were like really aggressive. Obviously, with the lineup they put out. Uh, Peter, I'll let you talk into that one a little bit later on because you were flabbergasted when you saw that lineup uh, with with three strikers thinking, I have no idea what's going on here, but okay, cool. Uh, really plays into our hands. Did you think we allowed them to kind of get in behind by design or was it more of a lapse on our part? Because between the first and the second goal, we're fairly sloppy. And one of the things I've seen this season is we've allowed ourselves to be a lot more open, especially against the lesser teams, especially. And I don't know if it's by design to be, okay, we're going to give you a little bit of something to hope for, a little bit of something to attack, so you don't just sit 10 deep and block us out of the ball. We're going to give you a little bit of something to nibble on so you're on the counter and you leave a bit of vulnerability for us to, to exploit. I, I don't know. I, I think Chris, you're giving a lot too much credit to Klopp there. <laughs> but there's no way they want them attacking behind. You see it? Yeah, go on, Ellis. No, yeah, sorry, bro. I, I didn't mean to call you, but... I think it's half and half. Obviously, at the time, because I know Klopp came out and he said that he didn't like it when they had like two chances one on one. Yeah, so exactly. I, believe, I believe he probably wasn't happy with the pressing. But I do believe that Liverpool have because I, I wouldn't pass, I wouldn't put it past Pep and or Klopp and Pep and um, Peter. What's his name? Um, Kravitz, is it? Yeah, Kravitz. I wouldn't put it past them to think to lull the opposing team into the traps where. We're gonna make you. It's like a mirage. You see the space, you think it's there, but then we're gonna press you. And then now you've attacked that space. 
Now you have a less man and we're going to attack that space. And when you've got our attackers, attacking the space is a bit dangerous. Do you know what I'm saying? What I think that Liverpool have lacked is the, the press. I think the press has let them down at times. I think they've missed it a couple of times. Maybe there is too much space for them to to try and get and it's messing us up. So maybe that's where the problem is. But I do believe that they're leading teams into a false sense of security um, where they think that they have so much space that they can attack, but then our press, which needs probably needs to be better, then takes it and then we can, we can attack. So I think it's 50-50. So I think the defending is not as good as it should be. That's leading to, to teams having more chances. But then I do believe there is some sort of design there because... Have that, like that Peter just spoke extensively about what we're doing in build up with Trent coming in and the the cent the centre mids moving out. All of that is all by design, isn't it? So obviously there, had, there needs to be another way where we need more space because our downfall in the first half of um, Klopp's tenure was breaking down low block teams. Obviously, it is, had... and it's 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 the trade off you get as well from having the midfield being less disciplined. And yeah. having a bit more free room to it as well. Exactly. Exactly. So like now the midfield is is um pressing the space less. So that they're actually kind of just leaving people to run off that like, and try and run it into space. Then boom, that's when we counter press. So I, I think it's kind of 50-50. It, it's leading us to losing a lot of space and a lot of a lot of um chances being being wasted, which then they don't really take because by the time like I know you're gonna talk about Allison and Van Dyke later. But like we said again in the post-match, in the post-match pod, there's a lot to do to beat our defense and then to beat our keeper. So I think we're, we're hanging in there, but because we because we rate those players so well, so we can take the chance. But we'll see how it goes. Mm, that's interesting. I can, yeah, that, that's a really interesting point. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's a strange one. I think obviously everyone will have their kind of like um, ideas and opinions of why we're a little bit more open this season. Um, what I would say is that probably um, I, th- I don't think Cup would like um, to concede his chances. I think he's obviously a, like him, Pep, Tuchel, they're kind of total like football, they're purists, you know what I'm saying? They always want to be in control of the game, and I really don't think he would want to like not be in control of like um, opposition, not like opposition getting chances and maybe getting high quality chances. I think you saw um, on Saturday, I think um, Southampton had the XG of one. So, again, you know what I'm saying? We don't really want to concede um, next year of one. And obviously, we didn't concede, thank God, to Alisson and uh, uh, um, Van Dijk, especially. But you, you don't want the opposition to have that, you know what I'm saying? You don't really want them to have um, the quality chances. So, I would probably say, as a result of Henderson maybe going out wide, he obviously has to do a lot more work in terms of... If he's out wide, he has to do a lot more work in terms of checking back and running back. Because then he, from out wide, he has to go back into a central position. And obviously, Trent from a central position has to go back into right back. So... I think there it allows for more space for the opposition when they counter attack on us. And I think against you, you saw against like West Ham, you saw um, Brian as well that we're not stopping counter attacks quick enough, and we're not being more um, savage when we're like, yeah, you know I'm saying stopping players from counter on us. There's a lot more space for opposition to um, transition on us, and that was a feature of our game like a couple of years ago. We stopped all the transitions, but because of this new attacking style, it's kind of um, letting opposition probably. Tra- transition on us um, a bit more than we want to. Or, I don't know. I think there's many other reasons. Also, I think there's another reason when, I think when Kanate plays, and sometimes maybe Matip too, they kind of, um, I don't want to just, I think Kanate's been quite good, but obviously there's, there's um, 
some instructions that probably hasn't all translated to him yet, obviously, because he's quite a new player and there's a lot of instructions to take on board when you play for a team like Liverpool, is that he kind of steps in and mm. where he's like a front foot player and he's used to playing for Leipzig, who have a system, they had three at the back where it allows for a centre-back to step in and kind of deal with um, situations. Um, we play a system where you don't really want to be stepping in, especially if you step in, then you have to win it. Because once you step in, that leaves a gap and we already have a high line as it is. So, yeah, we're in trouble. And then you have Trent, who also pushes forward. So when you step in, especially on that right side, Trent's not able to get back as quick as you, you'd want. So um, that would leave a space. So, yeah, I don't know. I think there's there's a majority of reasons. I think I would love to know like other people's opinions, um, for, um, people. So I think people should really tweet us and get us. Because um, I, I, I'm so interested in the situation as to why we're going to see more chances. I really don't know myself. I'm trying to figure out as well. So, yeah. Yeah, we're going to crowdsource those ideas for sure. So at us at on Twitter at Cop and Fracas for what your opinion is on that. Um, I'm going to stick on the. What, what do, you think? Say, Why do you think we'll see the more chances? I think it's transitional because yeah. you look at it. Most chances we are a the the goal. Most of the goals we conceded this season are shit sh- shit goals. The shit and stupid goals. Um, yeah. Off you know. Off either set pieces or of our own downfall, realistically, and then the other goals we do concede are mainly off um, off the transition. And that period where we did concede them a lot was when we had that mismatch midfield, where yeah. everyone was basically just dead. But now we're seeing a bit more of a stable base. Those crazy those, those chances are still coming, but they're being less effective now. Is that down to personnel or just down to the fact that the goalkeeper is fantastic? It's a little bit of a halfway house. Yeah. Because that, that Armstrong chance that you, you mentioned earlier on, I was doing some of the numbers on it earlier, and it had an XG of a 0.64. So it was a very high... It, bro, it was a high-volume chance. And uh, obviously, we'll talk about Alisson later on because he, he deserves his flowers and, and, and much more. Mate, but he when, made it sorry, so... He made it look so easy. Bro, when I saw the same, I thought, that's an excellent... No one even said nothing. I said, bro, that's an excellent... That same was so bad. That was fab. Nobody said nothing. We just kind of, oh, that's an excellent save from Alisson. It's because he's not. He's because he's not doing cartwheels and backflips like um, oh, yeah. Yeah. certain keepers. He's not, he's, he's not stepping to the right, right, but like stepping to the right, two steps to the right, and then making a save. Yeah, 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 that's what we're <laughs> doing. Certain man are stepping to the right, stepping to the right, and then oh yeah, let me climb and then jump and then oh, and coming out and shouting. Amazing, man, for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> like, man. Drop me enough. Sam Man was smiling. They made that like, two saves at Anfield, and they were smiling. Like, bro, you're smiling. <laughs> All right, then. You can't oh, do the cupid. Can't do the cupid shuffle at Anfield. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? I was smiling. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got this. I got this. Bro, you're making. <laughs> you should be making saves at like what the. That's strange. Yeah, I've made two saves that were directly at me. Let me, uh, you know, get the, uh, get my veneers out. Um, <laughs> Boggles the mind, doesn't it? Really. Um, I guess before we move on to the next bit, I'm going to st- stick on Kanata for a second because I think he's coming for some harsh criticism um, at the beginning of his Liverpool tenure. I think the criticisms that we have of him, especially from from, from what Peter said, there have been being a little bit too front foot and aggressive. Um, and Matip is very much guilty of this as well um, in his game. And I think it is one thing that he could possibly learn from Joe Gomez because I think Gomez is really calm in that aspect and not stepping out. He positionally. He's Absolutely fantastic, and that is one thing that Joe Gomez is really good at from a central defensive point of view. Um, but I mean, for, for, for a guy who's he's, what he's 21, 22 in, mm-hmm. in Canate, there's, he's, there's so much room for him to grow, especially in this Liverpool team where he's still kind of getting used to how the defense, the you know, the back four operates and covering him for Trent and whatnot. 
it's really hard to see this criticism so early in of his career when he's not particularly put a foot wrong. Else, I'll come yeah, to you. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit strange. It's a bit strange, bro. I mean, I saw that. I saw the uh, tweet from whoever it was, Maddox. You feel some Maddox? Yeah, I think Maddox. so. Yeah, which is really weird because I think David Maddox is always like quite. Yeah, I thought it was one of the better ones. Yeah, so yeah. it was a bit strange. I was like, that's a bit OTT. I mean, like we said in the group, he's just super aggressive and he just wants to win everything. And mm-hmm. he's really blessed with recovery pace. So the recovery pace helps him a lot, which is to our advantage, really. But I will I'm say, there, sure. was that one cha- there was that one chance that Ward, Ward Prowse won where he, he got sold a little. Um, but he saw Alisson basically just coming out for it. It was like, ah, okay, he's got this. So I kind of respect him from that aspect. He was like, yeah. He's yeah. boss. He's going to get this one. But, um, but yeah, this yeah, yeah. is just way, way OTT. Yeah, way OTT. He said something about giving the ball away. I thought, no, that's a lie. I said, that's a big that's a big fallacy because he doesn't do that. He's very strong in possession. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, man, I don't like people lying. Don't lie. Especially when you watch something. I, I watched it, so don't tell me no fibs. Um, he's, very <laughs> assured in, he's very assured in position, in possession, sorry. Um, again, the only really thing is just that he wants to win everything and he likes to try and win anything high. Uh, we saw that against Brighton. He tried to win the ball high and he left the gap. Um, again, against uh, Southampton a couple of times, he just pushed up a bit too high. I'm, these are things that he will understand that you don't have to do all the time. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, it's not like he's loving or skirt always he's at 27, 28 and he's do you know what I'm saying? Like, these, these yeah. are just team, yeah, team you, you, get, you, you could you probably tell by the look on my face there. Um, and, you know, the sort of the gasp of breath you probably heard on the audio when when um, Ali said skirtle, I had the Vietnam flashbacks coming through because the, that man used to step out aggressively. Um, so aggressive, he was so aggressive. Like when when skirtle first came, I think he had really he was he was decent. Him and Hoopia, and it's, it's it's like reminiscent of Van Dyke and Konate now. Hoopia was the mm. one that would sit back and just try to sweep everything up, whereas Skirtle would try and win everything. Same as Lovering and... Who you say? Lovering and... Oh, Lovering didn't have no good partners. Fucking hell, mate. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, exactly. So when, when Van Dyke came in, Lovering's game got a bit better because he started to be a bit more smart. Obviously, was still he still had that shit for brains at times but yeah so with Konate he's a <laughs> young man who's just learning the trade Um, again the criticism are a bit too far-fetched the only one criticism will say that he um pushes up a bit too high and the press mm-hmm. is a bit too hard but nothing else from that like, I, I really enjoy his passing there's a couple of times he broke lines from, from over region that's what, that's what he wants so he's a Matip I think he's a better version of Matip because he's quicker he's not better now but He's somebody that can grow into a better version of Matip because he's quicker and he's a bit more aggressive in the air. Uh, he's younger and hopefully he can stay fit for longer. So, yeah, I think the criticism... And I'm, I'm not too sure why why journals are so quick to criticise people. Mm. Like, at least let someone settle down for like two years. Then the, the knives can come out like, oh, well, we've seen him for two seasons. He hasn't really done much. Like He's just come, like, fam, let him settle down, please. <laughs> Completely agree. And I think that, that Matip shout is really good because when you look at the archetypes of both of those defenders, they're very similar in a lot of their attributes that they have. Um, Peter, I'll come to you with kind of the same question. It's a topic we've been discussing in the group a lot. 
in the past few days. What, do you, what have you made of this criticism of, of Canate in his, his very early Anfield tenure? Yeah, I completely agree with Ellis. I think it's very strange. Like, I don't really think, like, I don't expect him to be perfect at all. Like, I expected a better Benin stage. I expected him to come in and play a couple of games, like you know. Yeah, you've, you've, got, you've got to erase the Bundesliga out in first and foremost with the defender. Right. Like, <laughs> there's not, there's hardly any of these players that come in in this clock era and come in straight away and you know what I'm saying and been perfect. Like all of these, a lot of these have had better stages. Robertson, Fabinho, all of these players have had better stages. And to be honest, he's he's probably the one that's probably made the least mistakes and looks like probably quite you know what I'm saying look like he can step into the Liverpool team and he can. Um, Add to the team now, you know what I'm saying? I, he's hardly put a foot wrong. Like you said, he's had a couple times where he's stepped in a bit too much or like he's pressed a bit too much. But yeah, I think he's been quite solid. And I, I like, I, I feel confident when I see him on the starting lineup. I do feel confident when I saw him against Man United. I felt calm when I saw I, up, him up against Rashford, up against these men. I felt like, yeah, cool. Like he's got the um, physicality and he's got the kind of um, he's got the ability to to match them. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm happy with him so far, and I feel like. He's got a, a very, very high ceiling to grow into. Like, you just, you just got to erase the noise, man. Just, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to hear it, man. He's, he looks good so far to me. And the good thing about him as well is he's a very, he seems like a very confident person as well. I'm a big fan of his um, anime posts directly after the games. I don't know how quick, I don't know how he does it so quickly. I don't know if he's got on a timer or something. And but do you know what? think about it now. Klopp really wouldn't play him if he wasn't ready. Like, trust me, Klopp. He yeah. doesn't play people then already. He would not go near them. So, you know what I'm saying? You have all these people on the bench. Gomez was on the bench for a long period of time. You had Matip as well. You know what I'm saying? He's literally not for, like Matip. I mean, play. I mean how, how long do we wait to see Fabinho? Go on, sir. I was going to say, how, in terms of, like, you know, Klopp starting players when you know when, when they're ready, how long do we wait to see Fabinho be a full first football player? Christmas, bro. There was, there was talks of him leaving in January. <laughs> Yeah, there was that they talked of him leaving in January when he first came. It was Christmas. Like Mourinho was playing over Robertson for a hot sec. You know what I'm saying? These this yeah. things happen. Like, um, honestly, Klopp wouldn't play him directly, and, and Klopp, Klopp's playing him a lot more than I thought he would. So yeah, I think Canati's doing a good job, man. I, did, I didn't expect him. To, I didn't expect to see him against Man United. That's when I knew. Yeah, fair enough. Klopp, Klopp racing. I didn't expect to see him against Man United. There's not a chance off the all play. So um, yeah, so he must be doing something right. I mean. It's, it's strange. It's just a strange thing to like pick on players. Like, what, 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 why, what's the narrative? What, what, what are we trying mm-hmm. to do here? Like, I don't understand that. Naby, okay, fair. He's been there for five years. He doesn't look like he's. You know what I'm saying? But someone that's been there. When is it? Summer. What are we? November. Come on, man. What are we doing here, man? Y'all talking about practice? <laughs> Exactly, man. I think that's uh, when people started to kind of use the the Porto game against him as well, where very much the team was on vibes that evening. Um, is a bit of a bit of a loose, bit, bit of a weird stick to beat someone with, um, as it were. But but yeah, let's 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 move on. I think we can all say that you know Canate do quite well. He's got us got our back in here at Cop End. Um, obviously, we do win the game four uh, nil, and the most the most amazing thing about that is neither Mane or Salah get on the score sheet. And obviously, with Afcon very much on the horizon, and it's kind of having qualms um, with other members of the squad not contributing highly to the overall kind of GA in recent seasons, and you know, kind of time has gone by. How good is it to start seeing this where? Goals from other areas of the pitch are starting to come into the picture, and of course, the um, emergence of Diogo Jota. 
Yeah. He's looking like an exquisite buy, especially when you see um that other brother playing in the, the blues of I, London. I I did I did I, I walk did I walk? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> my bad, Chris. But yeah, I was watching him on Sunday and I thought, yeah, Jota's a still. Jota's a big, big still. Um, obviously, we're here at Coppen, we, we knew it was good. We knew it was good. But I didn't mm-hmm. expect him to be this good. Um, and the two goals were, again, we spoke on the post, post-match pod and I thought the two goals were very, 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 very reminiscent of old school strikers, foxes in the boxes. I'm telling you, the likes of Van Nistelrooy, Robbie Fowler, Michael Owen, they would have really appreciated those goals because it's just like... They were, right, they, were, they were very much right place, right time. Right time, man. Yeah, and I, and I, like, that, I like that for Joe. What I do like about Joe is that he doesn't care really. he's going to take a shot if it needs to be taken. Um, he had a chance where Robertson crossed it in and he stuck his leg out and um, Salah was coming in, but Goals I forget, do you know what I'm saying, bro? Goals I forget, man. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, jo, jo, and that, that possibly. Bro, that's so funny, Ellis, because I was thinking when I saw that chance, I was like, well, you should have left it for Seller. And I thought, yeah, fair enough. Goals I forget, fair enough. Goals I forget. But um, again, his build up, his link up play was really good. I, I, I thought that was better because my problem with him in Central that he didn't really link out well. And um, I'll speak so that, was, that, that was one of my biggest concerns with him. I mean, I don't know if you remember kind of first half Arsenal. He was a little bit all over the place, link up wise. Um, and you know, especially when especially when you got the benchmark that is, you know, Roberto Firmino there for you know link up exactly. play and how that you know number that, that false nine is supposed to work in theory. It's a bit of a difficult one, but but boy, I mean that performance for me at the weekend is the best one that he's shown in Liverpool shirt so far. And 100%. this de- this develop. I mean, we talked about it on the post match pod, um, all of us. And of course, if you want, do want to listen to that, subscribe to the Patreon page today. Uh, link in bio. Um, his his overall development, kind of in the past six months alone, is mad. Yeah, it's insane. But Klopp said he's a very intelligent boy. He takes on um, tactics very well, and and it was, it was very good man because when he first come, I don't think obviously he wasn't used to that. Central having to drop deep and that, but yeah, yes, that game on Saturday was by far his best. Taking it deep, beating people on, he's very tenacious. He's a tenacious character. I see him more as like a Suarez, and if he can build his game around that, I think we've got a player there, man. Because he's again, he's very tenacious. He's very scrappy, but at the same time, he's very neat. It's a weird transportation. It's absolutely fascinating to watch. He's like he just looks so like loose on the ball, but he's always got it under the under control. Um, again, mm-hmm. he's only twenty four, so he's learning. He's playing his trade, but if you can have that good goal scoring instincts at such a young age, it's only going to bode well, man. So um, yeah, I think the future is is okay. Obviously, we'll go on to talk about the January transfer window, but yeah, I think with Jota, we should, we should be alright. Yeah, I I completely agree. I I love that point that Ellis says about like the scrappy goals and the number nine. Like, it's nice to see, don't you think, you guys? Like, it's nice to see someone who loves to score them like tap ins and then really scruffy goals. Because, along like, obviously, Salah and Mane do get a little bit of them, but like, obviously, they start from out to in, so it's hard for them to really, like, you know, what I'm saying, get into positions. But it's nice to see Jota, he's always in the positions to score them really just them shitty goals, you know, just really them really sweaty, you know, type, you know, what I'm saying, all the strikers when 
they're on punitry. They always say that you get like 10 goals a season just from being in the right place at the right time. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> the nice goals. yeah, you know what I'm saying? The Linda Sure, they were always, they love that one. You know what I'm saying? You know, you'll be in the right place. <laughs> you'll score 10 goals a season just being in the right place. So, but yeah, they, they love that one. But um, I, I want to highlight his pressing. So, I think I talked to him this last week, but I'll just go into detail a little bit more. Just his pressing has just improved so, so, so much. And again, you saw that on Saturday. Again, literally, when he has when the opposition have the ball, he's kind of um, so. I think people you know, people think that pressing is just running at someone in a straight line. You know what I'm saying? People just think that's pressing, but it's really not. Like that is not pressing. Like I mean, you see it in Man United. Like you see, like my like my bit, best example is like Bruno. Oh, they they they, they, they know all about pressing now. <laughs> as I read about Ranick. So I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, my, my biggest example is like Bruno will just run at someone. And he'll run at them, not knowing where he wants them to press them, not knowing where he wants to pass. You know what I'm saying? He's running. And the thing is, today, most teams, most defenders, they know how to play out from the back. So if you just run at, at someone, I mean, James Klavoski, Adam Webster, these men can pass it around you. They'll pop it all day around you. You know what I'm saying? You can run at them all you want. But you have to kind of press them in a way. So, yeah, you know I mean, it's, it's taken uh, a couple of months. But you, like, so when you press someone, what you want to do is kind of you want to press them, but you want to show them, like, a side of your body. So you want to press them. So let's say it's something about Kazi. You press them so that they can kind of pass it to the fullback, or and then yeah. you're kind of pumping in between. So if you do win the ball, good. But if you don't win the ball, at least they'll pass it now to the fullback. So you cut off that passing lane to the other side. And when it got to the fullback, that's when everyone swarms them. You know what I'm saying? You get the left mid, you get a striker, and you get the left centre mid. Swarms that fullback. Boom, you run the ball. But you know what I'm saying? So I think Joe, he's taken a while, but now he understands the kind of art of how he press. So yeah. now he knows that when you press someone, you cut off a passing lane, you get them to, you know what I'm saying, pass it to someone you want. And that part, that person becomes like a pressing trigger. And then boom, that's how. And then he's pressing numbers this season. It's been fantastic. And yeah, he's really a great, great buyer. Like in terms of the forward line, adding someone to the forward line, he's been such, such a great buyer. So yeah, I'm really happy with Joe, man. Top player. Yeah, I mean, the pressing was uh, that second half against Arsenal when he just basically takes Tavares' lunch money uh, and then sits by Ben White down. I mean, just just unreal stuff. I think that's a really good point about pressing, though. I think a lot of people do kind of think it's just, just aimless running, you know, like a, running like a Titan from Attack on Titan, just you know, arms flailing, trying to get the ball back by any means necessary. But it's it's a controlled method. And the way, obviously, the way that we do it, you know, the way, the way that we press at Liverpool is very much in a structured way to do it. And you know, man, the the area is obviously there with Jota, Porto, Atletico Madrid, Wolves, and now Liverpool. Um, but it's just so good to see him kind of evolve into this complete footballer, and he's an absolute gem. I think we actually underpaid for him now. Now I'm looking back at right. um, such a he's, fantastic footballer. He's been that forward line, I think Salah Salah was chilling. You know, you know that Salah was actually like, well, at least you that game. Obviously, we can talk about because we're Liverpool fans. I know Salah and Trent that game were just like. Ugh. Yeah, man. 50, 60% will do these work, man. These man. It's because <laughs> it's, it's, it's they knew, it's they knew Robbo was on crud for that game, man. Like, okay, man. this new Greek fella. Yeah, you want him to start. Yeah, okay. Brent was, was thinking about Wizkid already. Like, he said I was in Wizkid already. <laughs> and then Salah was just thinking, this Salisi guy is on Bants, man. This Salisi guy is actually on Bants. Salisi <laughs> <laughs> was, was just trying to, like, swarm every single time. He got a yellow card at like, the 20th, 30th minute. Bednarek. Had an absolute. I said it on the post post part. He had an absolute mare. That guy was struggling for the right, entire yeah, I, 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 45. I don't know if you guys noticed that San and Trent were just, yeah, they were just vibes in that match. <laughs> no, vibes, bro. You know, you know what I like, you know? When I watch, like, watch the games back and I see how, like, 
the Liverpool players just give everyone a hard time, bro. Yeah, like, it's just a, it's a long day, bro. Daddy Rose probably hasn't recovered from what Salah right. did. It's just a long, long day, like. So, both, of them, again, both of them both even leave with an assist. Like Salah and Trent both got assists. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Assist. But the thing is, you're right. They didn't even put like the effort in. Like they weren't even doing much. It was just it was a calm, vibey day for them. But bro, Salisu was tired. Tired. He was tired. Yeah, Danny Rose, man. I think he's still kind of like in that meme like recovery. That is what Danny Rose is at the moment. Good. I don't. He hasn't recovered from that. I don't think he's even playing anymore, which is mad. Um, but obviously, you know, with, with how we're attacking recently, I think we've seen a lot more, a lot more people in the box for chance as well. Both attackers and midfielders, because you know, um, Jota's first goal. If he misses that, Salah is literally right behind him to kind of get the tap in and you know hammer it home. So it's good to see that we're getting more numbers in the box. How encouraging is it for you guys to, to see this as well? Because I think in kind of last season, especially one of the most frustrating things is one of the most frustrating things was we were putting these really good balls in the box and no one would be available to kind of be on the rebound or be in the right position at the right time. Like we're saying with uh, like we're saying with Jota to kind of put that away. So Peter, I'll come, I'll come to you on this. How is encouraging to see that we're swarming in these areas? It's looking very. It might be a bit of an over exaggeration to say this, but a little bit more Man City esque, where they're getting the right players in the right places at the right time. Do you know what? I was as you like read my mind there. I was exactly thinking that because I think do you know what's more impressive about the way like our attacking is that we're able to get so you saw for the Salah goal, you saw for Robertson goal, the same way Man City do. We got to the byline and yep. then set it back. How many times do you see Man City score that goal? Get to the byline, set it back. Someone scores a goal. And last season, it just said, it just felt like we we're just crossing it from mad angles. Like we're crossing it from halfway line, we're crossing it from you know what I'm saying. But this this um, version of us is that like especially on on Saturday, you saw that like especially with the way Man City attack, we got to the byline and then we set it back back. And the thing is to get to the byline. Obviously, everyone knows that you want to get to the byline, right? But you have to find different avenues in different ways. So maybe one twos or you do like quick little inter like interplay. Like you saw the Robertson Mane play, like the quick inter interchange there, and then boom. Um, Robertson was by the by the byline and he crossed it back. Um, same with Salah and Henderson. Henderson came in the middle. He set off to uh, so he done a reverse to Salah and Salah got to byline and set it back. So it's nice that we're finding different ways to kind of. Um, everyone knows that obviously we want to get crossed into the box, but we're not just like kicking it long and whatever. We're finding different ways to do like setbacks. Um, you know what I'm saying? Driven crosses, all these types of different like ways avenues to get into the box. So yeah, really nice, really impressive, man. We'll, we'll, we'll move on um, and talk about the keeper. We win 4-0, but in any other situation, he would probably be man of the match. He was he's absolutely superb. I mean, like I said earlier on, that Adam Armstrong chance where it was you know, a very high-quality chance, 0.6 on the on the XG charts, you know, six times out of ten, that he's been, he's been scored and put in the back of the net. Um he makes it look so routine, so simple. And, you know, I, I sent a tweet out from the Kef account during the Porto game about how we've come a little bit desensitized to, to how great Allison is. And I think Saturday is just another example of how his greatness is truly on display. You do get the odd moment with him where you're thinking, fuck, you know, what's going on here? Um, <laughs> it laughs the concentration. But with, with all players, you, you have that. So, every so goalkeeper has that. Every like Edison. Every goalkeeper. How many times does he make a mistake? You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, but you look over it because they get the result. Lloris. Reese is a good goalkeeper. He makes mistakes. Mendy at the weekend yeah, when he mistake. literally passed it to, to, to Fred. Facts. 
So yeah, I don't want to hear about that. Every goalkeeper makes mistakes. When you play out from the back, yeah, I'm saying ten at least one out of ten times you make a mistake. Two out of ten times you make a mistake. So yeah, exactly. So, so how impressed have you been with Allison this season? Obviously, we know there were different fact- factors from last year: uh, injury, bereavement, um, and the overall kind of ch- what, what, chopping, changing. There we go. Uh, centre backs in front of him and just the defence in general. How impressive have you been with his performances this season? Because for me, he's very much looking like he's back to his best. Els, I'll come to you first. Yeah, apart from the West Ham game, where he's made some uncharacteristic errors, yeah, he's just elite, elite, bro. Um, Again, on the um, post-match pod, I was speaking about certain other keepers and how certain other fans um, are just bare-gassing them. But I think there's a thing with Liverpool fans. Sorry, not to go away from what the original point. I'll come back to it. No, no, keep going, bro. The thing with Liverpool fans is that we don't big up our players enough, and we don't gas up our players. And I think we should start gassing it up because that Reese James goal, not um, Sancho goal. I believe Mm -hmm. Allison saves that. There's not a chance Sancho sees Allison, looks him in his whites, and thinks, "Yeah, I want to score here," because like. (laughs) No, I, I swear to you, I'm not. I'm not lying, bro. I swear. There's no way Allison gets shimmy, shimmy, yeah, yeah. Like no way, no never, way. Fam. There's no way some goals on the ground like that. Nah, There's you're, you're not. You're not in. You're not in the Bundesliga anymore. You're not scoring Brother, this. No, you're not scoring this. Like, you have to pass this ball. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, you would have to swear. He'd have to swear. He's gonna. He's yeah, gonna square. To. He's hundred percent. So that's the only way they're scoring. He's squaring. Correct. Hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? Um, Allison again. The Armstrong save. Like I said, it was such a, a fantastic. I didn't expect it. It's come out of nowhere. And for a man so so big, so large, he gets down so quickly. Um, I think Peter Peter's made several points of his one-on-one. You can't you can't beat him one-on-one. It's rare you beat fam. If anyone beats Alison one-on-one, yeah, you need to be even Messi doesn't beat him one-on-one. That's how mad it is. The only time Messi beat him was an extraordinary free kick. Champions League. And he almost got that. <laughs> and he almost got that. And I think against Brazil, against Argentina, it was the same thing. And he caught that. He, that, he just caught it. <laughs> and you catch it. I said, what? That <laughs> caught it. He just caught it like it was catching practice. I think we are, like, we've had some decent keepers. I mean, since the yesteryear, the like, Ray Clemenses of this world and whatnot. We haven't really had a keeper. Well, let's let's, let's let's just think about let's just think about it. The keeper, the best keeper we saw up to this point before he came was Pepe Reina. Yeah. Pepe Reina was a very good goalkeeper. Very good. But Allison makes Allison makes him look ordinary. Bro, Allison Allison makes Pepe Reina. He makes him look like Jersey do that, bro. He just it puts out and and Pepe Reina was so was so much better than Jersey do that. Like there wasn't there was like chalk and cheese. But Allison is just far and away. Like you have to put him up there with like Ray Clements and that. Obviously, he's kicking sometimes. I think his weakest part of his game is probably his kicking, which is erratic at times. But again, that's like seven out of ten. His kicking is like seven, eight out of ten. Um, shot stopping, elite. Remember last a couple seasons, we said his best facet was that he catches the ball. And I've never yep. like, imagine ninety minutes, someone has a shot and he catches the ball. Do you know how elite that is? That's it, oh, <laughs> bruv. I, I don't think he's probably one of my favorite players. You know, he's so. There was this, there was this one shot against Arsenal, and I think it was like the party. It was either like the Lukonga or the party shot. One, one of the shot that the Congo party had, and what they struck it with such vim 
There was yeah. no parry from Alisson. He just takes it so cleanly. Fuck. And you're there thinking, he take it the piss. Like, what? Just... Man, he's not, he's superhuman, man. He's, that's probably the best. Him, Van Dyke, him, Van Dyke, Samane, Fabian, I think pound for pound, probably our best signings. Pound for pound, that. I don't care how much you found sixty-seven million, whatever you spent on him, that was elite money, bro. You're not, you're not getting better. Ah, oh, he's he's elite, man. He's elite. Obviously, Peter, there was a, there was a lot made um, of us paying the world record fee for a goalkeeper at a time again, which was broken. I think two days later, with Kepa Arisa Balaga signing for Chelsea for even more money, which again looks mad now. Um, the quality from having a standard goalkeeper, which we did have before with Mignolet and and Carius, to going up to getting a world-class goalkeeper. And it's the difference of why teams do pay to get a world-class goalkeeper. Um, you know, City did the exact same thing. Claudio Bravo, Joe Hart, and then they got Edison, who again is a world-class goalkeeper. Just how impressed have you been with, with, with him this season and the clear upgrade it has having an elite person between the sticks, especially with the way that we're playing football now at the moment where we're leaving those gaps and the confidence the players have knowing that they've got this just absolute monster between the sticks. Yeah, 100%. I don't think you can win a league without an elite goalkeeper. Like, uh, it's rare that you ever ever see it. Like, even in... I'm trying to think. He's the most fugazious. Even Leicester. Like, Leicester, they had Schmeichel. Schmeichel's a fairly decent goalkeeper, good goalkeeper, you know. Yeah. yeah, very good goalkeeper. Like, you have to have... A, a good goalkeeper to win a league. Like you saw with us, um, we went up a couple levels. As soon as we got Allison, there you go. Now you got a championship winning team. Obviously, you got Van Dijk as well. But as soon as we got Allison, now we're a championship winning team. Now we kind of look like threats. You know what I'm saying? Before it was kind of like, oh yeah, we scored lots of goals. We're kind of an exciting team when it were a threatening team, but we're not really championship material. But as soon as we get Allison now, okay, boom. Now we're in business. You know what I'm saying? You see it with him. He's super, super reliable. Like he's, um, you know what I'm saying? When, he fills everyone with confidence. I get, and I, when he's in goal, I don't. I feel like our defense. You've now they now feel secure to go and do what they need to do. Um, he what's it called? He's so good. Like the thing about him, him, he's almost so reliable that like people, like you said, they're so desensitized to what he does. It's kind of like ah, uh, you know what I'm saying? Allison, it's just Allison again. It's just him making the World Cup save again. Like, nothing. Don't need to really talk about it. You know what I'm saying? And like Ellis said, we might need to kind of like praise and shout about it a bit more because it's not normal the way he's able to kind of rescue us and. Um, kind of save us and kind of um, put in World Cup performances week in, week out, World Cup savings week in, week out. And the thing is, like, I know this is the main part, so I hope, like, opposition fans are um, listening to this, but I can't express how many times, like, this season, like, opposition teams have had great chances and he just saves us. Like, he just does a mad save or he just gets them out of trouble. And it's because it's, uh, it's Liverpool, right? So no one really talks about it, you know what I'm saying? No one really sees it. It's just like, oh, yeah, they've won another game 4-0 or they've won another game 3-0. But when it was 1-0, Alisson made this mad save. You guys didn't see, you know what I'm saying? Like Armstrong, he done that save. Pookie against Norwich, he done like a double save. But we, won, we ended up winning the game 4-0, so no one talks about it. Again, yeah. the Paris, we won that game, what, 3-0 or 4-0. He does a mad save, Edward. Again, no one talks about it because we won it 3-0, you know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. just one of those things where it's just like, and the game they do talk about is the West Ham game where our what we've had like 12 matches now. He's made he had one bad game in the 12 matches, you know what I'm saying? And that's again everyone now talks about oh, he's kind of had like a bad season or whatever, but he hasn't. He's had a great season, I think. Apart from he's probably had an on pass season with Mendy in my eyes. Like maybe Mendy might be a bit better than him because he's had a three at the back, but Mendy hasn't been that much better. 
Same, bro. They've been the same, man. They've been the same, bro. Obviously, Chelsea's record is a lot better than ours, so that's why people say he's, he's better. But they're yeah. really, in terms of the saves and like, they've, they've been about the same. You're right. That's what I'm saying. And that's it. Like you said, bro, it's a back three. Like, it's a defensive setup. So yeah, let's keep yeah. it up. It's a defensive setup team. So it's harder to make chances <laughs> against Chelsea, which is testament honestly, to the I, would, I would love to see Mendy play in our system. Like, he might, yeah. he might do the same, he might not. But having to sweep, what, 50, 60 yards in front of you constantly, you know what I'm saying? No defenders left one-on-one at least a couple times a game. Minimum at least one or two times a game, he saves one-on-one. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, he's just a fantastic, fantastic defender, um, goalkeeper. And that one-on-one thing, man, that's, that's honestly, I said it on the, the Patreon, that's a superpower that he has. Like, be able to, he stops. So, when you have a one-on-one, yeah, that's normally a guaranteed goal. Like, normally, in normal situations, when you have a one-on-one, you're thinking, yep, yeah, that's a goal. With Allison, it's not. It's really not. Like, when um, people are one of us, we feel confident, right? Yeah, 100%. Like, the, 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 techni- the technique he does is the maddest Anything. thing ever. He makes himself look big, stops himself from getting made, like, and has one hand up at the same time. Basically, what I imagine is that when you're one-on-one with Allison, is that, obviously, pause. When you're free on goal with Allison, <laughs> is that, like, you kind of have nowhere to shoot it on the goal. Like, there's no gaps. So you're kind of like, what can I do? I can, maybe I can nuts him or I can lob him, but you can't really because he stays on his feet. Um, yeah. Do you know what I knew? I knew? I knew he was different when um, we played Napoli last minute of the game and he made that mad one-on-one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. That's what I knew. That's what I knew. Yeah, this guy's different, fam. I went I'll for that. Celebrate. I celebrated oh, like it was a goal. Fam, <laughs> you have to. So did I. I was punching it. I was like, yes! Because it was, <laughs> it was a guaranteed goal. Guaranteed, it was like, oh yeah, they've got to score. Fans, an elite one on one, but like, like you're right, Peter. Like, and I think Alice is a type of person he looks at his angles. So, like, when, someone, when someone's one on one, just I want everyone to watch him. And the first thing he does, he looks at his angles, he looks where he is, then he adjusts himself uh, accordingly. It's hard to score that. Like, rarely, he's the last person to score one apart from um, for nows. I remember Hazard scoring on one on one against him. And I think you got you got a touch to that. I can't the think of anyone. Oh yeah, that Fernandez one, the only one. But it's yeah. like you're, you're better off scoring from like long um, range, across. Yeah, yeah, across or a long range shot. Yeah, you're better. Yeah, off. you're literally it's mental. Like you're literally across, you're better off. Like yeah, it's, it's mad. It's mad. Top, 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 top goalkeeper. I think he's gonna hopefully reclaim his place as number one goalkeeper in the world soon. Oh, well, we're talking about PR efforts, by the way. Um, the PR effort you're going to be seeing from this pod when it comes to Ballon d'Or season for Salah, um, next season is going to be nasty. We're going to be out here in the streets hard with the PR. You thought what Real Madrid did for Benzema was different. You ain't seen nothing yet. We're, coming, <laughs> we're getting it back in blood. There's a lot of things we're getting back in blood this season. And, you know, that Salah and Ballon d'Or is one of them. Um, one for older listeners of the pod. Um, I think Alison reminds would remind you a lot of Neville Southall, um, the command of the area, just how he, he was a different goalkeeper for a different time. You know, he very much was best goalkeeper in the world. But I mean, I, I look at him for me, he's got a lot of characteristics that he shares between both Manuel Neuer and Oblak in both the shot stopping and, you know, the ability with their feet. Um, I wouldn't, tra- uh, yeah, I just wouldn't trade him for anyone in the world. And I know a lot of people were very hesitant on spending that much money on a goalkeeper. Um, especially after the performance where you know we absolutely pammed yeah. Roma at Anfield. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, y- you pay that you pay that fee every single time, if not more, because in retrospective, yeah. it's looking like, it's looking like a bargain. Hard, so, though. and 
I'll make you right. I'll make you right, Bruce. Like, if you look up Oblak and Noya, again, domineering characters, domineering figures, like they're just big men. <laughs> Imagine you're one on one with Noya and he's just looking at you, like, all right, what's going on? Same with Oblak. Like, it's okay. Kettle, yeah, it's gone. You're running one on one. Is that old? Is that old David De Gea thing from back when yeah. you know a few seasons ago, where he basically just save? It felt like he'd save everything because everything. he's already he's already in your head when you have to shoot past him. This needs to be pim. This needs to be perfect when I take the shot. In the back of the net. Thanks. Just a quick one. You know we've got um, the joint most clean sheets this league in the league this season, with, <laughs> along with Edison and Mendy. <laughs> no, that's, like, that's the thing. People, people think... won't like they won't realize this because it's kind of like oh, but Liverpool they conceded this game. But also, what actually, yeah, you know I'm saying we've got a lot of clean sheets this season as well. I know you conceded goals as well, but we have got a lot of clean sheets along this season as well. So these teams they should be scoring a lot more against us. I promise you. Like we're conceding a couple, a couple too many chances. But again, with Allison in goal. We're able to kind of get by and kind of yeah, we seem we got the most we got the most clean sheets this season. Again, it's, it's a it's a um what's it called? It's a it's a very good achievement for Addison because it yeah. just shows how, how good he's been this season. And that's and why, this you is spend why when people at the beginning money. of the season said uh yeah, this is, this is why you spend the money, and this is why when people said the defense is watertight at the beginning of the season, we'll name no names. Um <laughs> it was actually the goalkeeper who was very, very watertight in uh, keeping that record there. But yeah, man. Um He's, he's he's just he's fantastic. Like I talk about, I, I I didn't think I could talk about a goalkeeper this much, but you know, alas, here <laughs> here we are. And of course, uh, we do have the new goalkeeping coach coming in from his suggestion, um, Brazil legend Tafarel coming in. You know, keen players of you know FIFA '98 etc. Um, the older generation will remember how good he was. Um, so yeah, that's going to be interesting there. Uh, hopefully you can help develop uh, Marcelo Pitaluga as well going forward. So um, yeah, a lot, lot more exciting things to come from, from the Liverpool goalkeeper department. Um, what I know this is a bit of a sensitive subject whenever we <laughs> kind of talk about it in the Kef sphere, especially. But before we kind of do move on to our preview of the Merseyside derby, I want to ask you both kind of individually. You know, with the different barriers we have, you know, we mentioned Afcon earlier. I think we lose. I remember something about was potentially losing Minamino for a period of time in January or February as well. Um, yeah, no, I know. I might be talking shit, but I think it might be. Um, it might be the year after. I'm not too sure. I might, I'm not too sure. Um, and of course, we've got such great momentum behind us now with the title race. You know, we saw Chelsea drop points at the weekend. That gap is closing ever so more. And you know, and you know, there's still a lot to play for in this festive period. When it comes to the January transfer window, do you think we'll add one more into the squad? <laughs> Peter says no. Um, no I think, I don't think Peter says no. I think I think we we add a young forward. I think we add a young forward. Um, it was linked to Adi Amy. We've been linked to a few names. I I, I believe they'll probably ready. To, I don't know. I'm not say that, but they, <laughs> I think they add a forward. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that the fourth. Um, I think history prefer- history shows that Liverpool tend to wait until they find someone. I think I made that. I think we done the spaces after the Champions League, yeah. not after the, after the tra- transfer window, and I was um, adamant they tend to wait until they find the right person. Yeah. It happened with Van Dijk, um, Jota, yeah. um, who else? 
whoever, whoever, but we, we tend to wait until that right person is available. Um, obviously, it's, it's annoying for us as fans, but I think that we, we go into January and we, we pick up a forward. It, 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 I think it should just be easy to pick up. No, it shouldn't be easy to find a specific player, but it is something that we need and it is something that we need to get because obviously losing Salah and Mane to AFCON for yeah. two to three weeks is, is, is hefty for us, especially we're already, we're already rubbish in January anyway, even with them here. We're so bad in January, but then to lose them when we're already bad is going to be a bit too heavy for us. Um, obviously, we spoke about Jota. Uh, he's going to he's going to be prominent. Bobby seems like his body is starting to let him let him down a bit. I think he's getting old, and also he's played a lot of games for Klopp in the last five six years, so his body's starting to break down a bit. Um, Divock and Minamino, you, you're not too sure what you're going to get from them on any given day. You know, so like, <laughs> if what if they turn hooray, like if they don't turn, it's like ah, oh, it's normal in it. I I still feel Minamino's got more more to give. He hasn't really given. He hasn't been given the chances that. Rodriguez been given. He didn't really play well against Southampton. He was, I think he started in it. He started again. Who did he start against? Porto. He didn't play well against Porto. Not that he didn't play well, but he was on the lesser side. Like he was very quiet. So I believe that there's some games that he can be given there. So yeah, I believe that Liverpool should get like a 20 year old forward who's looking to take over Salah, but then he's just getting getting there. You know what I'm saying? But. I'm optimistic as ever that we'll get someone. If we don't get anyone, it is what it is, man. Yeah, I, I would like us to get if we get someone. Um, I, I agree with Ellis on the type of profile that we should get. I really want someone who's able to kind of play in the same positions as Seller is. Um, so eventually, kind of takes the reins from him, but or it allows Seller to move centrally. So I would, I would like uh, Rafina or Anthony. You know what I'm saying? Chris likes that Anthony meme. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, I actually mean bust me up every single time, you know. Anthony, Anthony. But yeah, Rafina, Anthony, um, Adiemi also. These, you know what I'm saying? I, I just want someone who can able to slot in that maybe right-hand side, maybe play centrally as well. Maybe playing a 10 as well, kind of, um, to add to our team. But I you know what? I, it's not Liverpool. I don't really think, I'm not blaming on like any kind of FSG or spending money. I think it's just too hard to get the player of that quality in January. I just think the teams want like Leeds, they can't allow Rafina to go now. They'll they'll get relegated. You know what I'm saying? They're really struggling as it is. So if Leeds allow Rafina to go now, they'll get relegated. Um obviously Ajax are doing really well in the Champions League. They're having a mad Champions League run. Um they're unbeaten in the league as well. So if they allow Anthony to go, it might fall with them. So yeah, I don't know. It, might, it just might be a proof a bit too difficult. And like Ellis says, we always wait for the right profile. We always wait for the player. We don't just get the second, you know I'm saying, third or fourth option because they're available. We kind of break for the right person. So, yeah, I think it might just be a proof a bit too difficult to get the person in January. No, I completely agree. And you always have your clubs will always have your pants down in January as well in terms of in terms of fee because they sense a bit of des- desperation uh, in certain aspects. I mean, we've seen it from years gone by some of the exorbitant fees that clubs have paid for really subpar players um, in that period of time. But I think you know, use Adiemi as the as the example. I think if there were, was a release clause there that we became aware of, um, and it was of a decent remit, say between 20, 25 mil, uh, I think there is one there. I'm not too sure how much it is. Um, I think that'd be something Liverpool would be be interested in. Um, and, you know, especially with the guys going away, 
again, it's a bit of a difficult one because you say, okay, we, we bring this guy into the club, but knowing how we operate as a football club, he's not going to start automatically. He's going to need time to bed in and whatnot. So it's a very difficult situation, very much Liverpool-centric um, going forward. But I think if the opportunity did come up, um, we would potentially sign someone. But yeah, it is a difficult one to uh, to kind of really predict. Um, let's move on to the Merseyside derby because uh, it's it's a it's it's a it's a weird one. It's a very very weird. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be a weird game of football. Um, there was an Everton based uh, spaces that I was in on Sunday, just listening to, and I've never heard a more depressing bunch of folk in my entire life. There seems to be a civil war. They're all upset. They they just want Rafa gone. They've got no expectation for this game tomorrow. What's really? they, want, they want Rafa gone, bro. They they want him gone. Oh, they're fuming. <laughs> Have you seen that video when uh, the players come over to that? Yeah, and they just start like booing. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was crying. Jesus, do you know what? Yeah. I think, I don't know, man. There's, there's extenuating circumstances, though, with that, man. I think that they obviously, he's, he's, he's got a stick on his head already, in it. So, any kind of bad form, they were onto my man already. Like, they were like, oh, nah, yeah. Bro. Like, but if you think about it, like, these men, they've had everyone, every key player for them has been injured. Like, you have um, Calvert Lewin, he scores all, basically every, all, all their goals. He's been injured for majority. He's, he's, he's the archetype, by, yeah. by the way. He's the archetype of a striker that Rafa loves as well. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Playing. He's, he's been out yeah. for the majority of the games. Yeah, obviously, uh, Richarlison as well has been out. You know what I'm saying? So you have Richarlison and Cavaloon out. That's your whole. That's your score. And, the and cool, then, right? yeah, and then Yazuki, the courier was out. Was meant to be out for a long time. He's having, he's even done well to get back. I think he played on Saturday, but he's done well to get back. Yerimina has been out. Um, so like a lot of their team has been out. Um, so Rafa's just having to work with what he's got, and they didn't have no money in the summer. They have to get Rondon in. Imagine being that bad. You have to get Rondon in, like that down low. Like, come on. Yeah, he loves, <laughs> he, he, the, uh, he loves Rondon, though, doesn't he? he like, you, know Rondon, when, you know when you're a foot manager or FIFA and you're just like free agents. I got no money. Free agents. Then football manager ones where it's like, I've got a bit of wage budget left over. Let me see what I can add in. You're seeing oh, Obafemi Martins. You're seeing like Kamal. <laughs> you're seeing you're seeing, seeing thirty five year old Obafemi Martins. You're seeing Tony Hibbert. You're seeing Bear Man like just there, like bro. And then just but, like, but the thing is, yeah, Rafa, Rafa loves Rondon, but he's taking him everywhere. Newcastle. He took him to China. He brought him back from China. <laughs> <laughs> he loves Rondon. Um, yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. Townsend, Townsend, and Gray. They obviously they started really well, but they were playing at an unsustainable rate. So you know that was kind of going to go down. They were playing, you know what I'm saying? Townsend was what? Townsend had the maddest goal scoring record. You know that's going to go down sometimes. Exactly, it's going to go down yeah. sometimes. When Townsend came back with hair and goals, it was like, what's going on here? Like, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Him, no, him, him and Demba Bar. Him and Demba Bar, fam. All right, bro. Demba, have you seen Demba Bar's hair? Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, got a red, well, he's got a high cup, isn't it? Or sorry. Brother, I'm living. It's like when I saw Ashley Young with hair. I was like, well, hang on a minute. You've been deliberately bald this entire time. <laughs> he's a psycho. <laughs> you have, now, I think, like, I the skirtle I'm... thing as well. Like when he came out, like skirtle looks like that was shaved his hair. That was the worst. Yeah, that I was, was like, worse. That's, that's just wrong, man. But I think Demba Bar, because he's in Turkey, isn't it? So... Yeah, you have to. Ah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. What, I don't know. I think they're being harsh on Rafa, man. What do they expect? They spent no money. They literally spent no money. They sent. They got all freezing, like. Well, you're right, know? though, because 
because he's already got a stick on his head, he's a Liverpool manager. He's won the Champions League with Liverpool. He's won the FA Cup with Liverpool. How many times did he be ever? And he called ever in a small team. So he's already like <laughs> any slip up. You could lose two kids at a bounce. Get out, out right now. Yeah, yeah, get yeah, out. Out. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. it's you look. You look at the run that they're on. We'll, we'll, we'll move on to the game now. Everton at the moment, one win in nine. Crazy. You know what that means, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what that means? Yeah. So, it's a 1-1 one, 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 one draw then tomorrow, yeah. Um, yeah. The last seven games, they've, I think they've drawn... No, they've drawn two, lost five, and now they're coming to Liverpool. So, you know what that means? <laughs> I hate that. It's, it's, I, it's a, it's I'd rather they be in good form than yeah. in bad form. Like, I hate that stuff. Like, oh, it's just annoying. We're really good. They're really shit. And of course, you know, Derby games, form does go out the window. We've only won once in five years there. I swear. Yeah. yeah. Money. Yeah, money. Wait, what? Because he shows them too much respect, man. He did the exact same what? thing when they Way too much. played Schalke. Way too much, brother. Way... Oh, is it? It was the same thing. Same thing. Is it? He done that against Man United as well, bro. He, he shows said, them too much yeah. respect. He said the pressure. Surely he doesn't enjoy them to these type of games. I thought that was quite an interesting comment. He said he doesn't enjoy the Everton games, and I'm just thinking, hmm, strange comments. Surely just, we should we should be going there and we should be whooping that. Smashing out. them, bro. surely. Just smashing them, man. Yeah, we smash them, bro, man. They're rubbish. That's what I don't yeah. get with right of club sometimes. <laughs> they're air. They're so dead, bro. Just go out and smash them. It's it's emotion. I think the emotion probably gets them a bit too much and you just oh, kind of like shows them a bit too much respect. Even the Arsenal, I thought the first 20 minutes at Arsenal, we showed them way too much respect, bro. Right? So this is, gonna be my next, this is going to be my, this is gonna be my next question here, right? So we, we know with a few of those players, revenge is going to be 100% on the menu. Yeah. And there's a lot, and we mean a lot, that we need to get back in blood there. Nah, Thiago's got something cooking for them, man. I know he's got something cooking, bro. I got something for the cockroaches. If we get a Virgil bullet header, right? Oh, <laughs> shit. I forgot about Virgil. There's loads of players. Of... Uh, oh, if we get a Virgil bullet yeah, header, he just needs gives to you the stand big on top one. of him. Oh, just stand on top of Pickford. Just look at him. Just look at him. <laughs> he does the Iverson over Tyron Lewis. Yeah, Pickford. yeah, yeah. Literally. Literally. Come back. Thiago, even Henderson got injured the last time he played them. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what the you know what the funny thing is? Obviously, Henderson scores that goal last season that gets disallowed. This yeah. season that goal will be allowed. Yeah. Because okay. the, the, the rule change. So it, it's no, it's crazy. I, I think it's a win, man. Well, like at the end of the day, we're a much, much better team than them. Like, and I showed this season, like when we go to these teams that don't really have a clue, we kind of fold them over. Especially, you know what I'm saying, like your Man United, um, I'm saying Southampton's like these teams have bad game plans against us. And when our plan A goes really well, it goes well. And I think, especially against Everton, now they play with their rigid football too. Yeah, we should smack them up, man. I think I think we're looking at a win for us, man. I think we've done a really good job this season of not playing the occasion. Yeah, in games, we've just been playing the opposition, which has been you know really good. But um, one thing I I, I can't get my head over is going to be someone's going to have to get the message across. And I think it's going to have to be Jurgen, and he can be a bit of a vengeful bastard at times. So, how do you think he's going to communicate this message going into this game? Well, if I, if I was him, 
I just put a picture of a Van Dyke coming off injured and Thiago coming off injured. I just leave it there. Just put on the thing and just walk out. That's all I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll probably get, probably get man like Milner and Henderson, they'll get sent off, bro. They'll be too amped, bro. They'll be, <laughs> nah, yeah, Milner will be amped. Uh, Milner oh, coming out of the tunnel like Goldberg. Like <laughs> <laughs> running around like a madman, bro. Wait a minute. Double first minute, double double booking, bro. Quickly. We call that Gerald. We call that Gerald versus Man United, bro. Oh Gerald, oh, Gerald played it, but he's so emotional, bro. Oh, I'll I never forget when, um, when I'll never forget when like, like some United fan had a meme about that Gerard's heat map. It was just a line to set a circle and a line back. Like, oh my god. Oh, yeah. I remember when um Rafa took off Gerard. He took off Gerard in a in a yeah. Fam, uh, my head was kettled, bro. I was like, what's going on there? What are you doing? <laughs> bro, you can't. But the thing is, Liverpool won in it. We won the game in the end. I think we won like 2 0. Yeah. Last minute penalty and um the cut penalty. But he came out, he's Rafa said at the end of the game, like Joe was just too emotional. And you can you see him like a madman. Mad bro, Gerard always got sent off against Everton. A game 08, no, not 08. What year was it? I think it was like 05. Uh, that capital of the game. Fab, that's the one. And he got sent off. I, I was livid. I was like, what the fuck with this guy? I thought it was better early. It was like first half, first 20 minutes, he got sent off. Again, Liverpool got sent off because for, so, so for this game, for, for, for the younger listeners, Liverpool had the capital of the culture in 08. And basically, <laughs> both the players on each team had special shirts where they had a zero and the eight. And they were going to yeah. auction them off uh, for charity after the game. And then Gerard goes and gets sent off. So the, the, the running joke was, oh, the shirts are going to be worth fuck all now because he got sent off. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good game. Oh. One from Morientes, Garcia, and I think Harry scored a banging goal. That game. Yeah, Harry Kuehl scored a banger of a goal. Uh, another one for the younger yeah. listeners. Go and check that out on YouTube. Because um, when that man was healthy, he was... Um, oh, he man, when we, played that, when, when we played that weather, we was cold. Um yeah. <laughs> so last question before we do close what would you go for lineup wise because obviously being quite cautious that we do have Wolves Saturday at 3 o'clock kickoff and that Wolves game is going to be no barrel of laughs that's not me saying saying that living kind of you know 10 minutes away from the ground but um, <laughs> it's going to be it's, it's not going to be a barrel of laughs so do you think you'll pull a normal Derby diddle because you know we like to start Rigi in some of these games, especially this time of year, tis the season and whatnot. So do you think he'll pull a little bit of a surprise or do you think he'll go for something similar to what he played against Southampton? Uh, like, depending, like, so the, the substitutions um, against Everton, no, against Porto and um, Southampton, I think proves that he's kind of going to go with a full strength team. Because obviously yep. you see like people like Tyler Morton coming on, you see Mina Minamino coming on, you see these type of players coming on. They weren't like you know what I'm saying, they weren't allowed like full a lot of these players you wanted to rest them. And I think this I think he's gonna go for a full strength team. I would play the exact same team against Southampton, but um it would be Matip coming in for Kunate. That's that's the only change I would make because I don't think there's not really um someone that is quite as like you know what I'm saying lightning quick fast or there's not like we don't really need um Konate's mad athleticism um this game so I think my tip just comes in just to kind of keep it calm keep it you know what I'm saying composed um hopefully help us from the back you know what I'm saying him and Van Dyke um be able to deal with 
the threat, you know, it's not Rondon. Rondon's not particularly quick, he's just a bit physical and matted him and like I think they've got that. So yeah, um yeah, I'll keep it the same. Um is it at home or is it away? It's good to park. Yeah, it's away, so definitely not Chamberlain. Definitely not, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not Chamberlain. <laughs> Henderson starts. I was thinking if it's at home, maybe Henderson, I mean Chamberlain can come in, but nah, away from home. Keep it Henderson, Tiago Fabinho. It's a weird one because I think Ox if it was at home, I completely agree. Ox would work. Yeah, yeah, but, because because Wolves' midfield is, is, a, is a lot better under Bruno Lage, you know, with Neves and Mazzino. So you kind of want that technical expertise there for, for that game. But, but Els, how about for you? Would you would you agree with Peter there and kind of keep the team the exact same and just bring Matip in? Yeah, I'll probably bring Matip in. Um, I think even though they're playing at home, I believe Everton will probably look to lock up shop and um, try and just get the draw. You know what Rafa's about. Um, he's, a, he's a more of a don't lose character, even that means just drawing. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think bringing Matip in just because he's able to break down the lines from defence, he's good at dribbling into into the spaces and, and whatnot. So, yeah, I'll, I'll probably play the same team. Oh, sorry, I'll play, yeah, largely the same team, but then I'll bring in Matip for Konate. That's what I'll do. Lovely stuff, I completely agree. I'm very, I for one, am very much looking forward to uh, when we go two 0 up and the away end just start singing Rafa Benitez, Rafa Benitez, <laughs> and every single Evertonian just goes absolutely ballistic. There's going to be stuff thrown on the pitch. There's going to be kids crying. You know we got one Robertson. Sorry, we didn't talk about Robertson. Robertson was a man on a mission that Southampton game. Like he came so. Yeah, I feel I feel bad, bad that we didn't mention him, but obviously there was a lot of criticism, there was a lot of talk that he should not have his starting place. Shimkash should be starting over him. Why is Robertson starting again? Blah blah blah. But he came back. Like the best way to shout up the critics is with your performance, and he came back. Best player on the pitch, um, barring Allison Robertson, fantastic. Going forward, that's the best I've seen him. You saw when he got the assist, he was so like passionate, and he was so like yes, like he saw what it meant to him. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, big up Robertson. I think a lot of people were kind of criticizing him and kind of um saying that he should lose his place, but um big up to, to Robertson. Yeah, is that oh, sorry, sorry, Peter, go on. Yeah, no, go on, go on. Oh yeah, yeah I just say it's he just needed a rest. The brother played bare games. Like a lot of people forgot that like, he played from January to May, he was probably running on fumes. Because was and, and those Scotland games are very intense as well, where he's you know, you know what I'm saying? Taking a lot of emotionally there too. Exactly. So um, yeah, a lot of fans. Obviously, yes, yeah, Shimikas was on form. He probably did deserve to start one or two games, but let's let's get it right here, man. This is Robertson. Like, for two, three years, he was the best left back in Europe, um, and he showed it on the weekend. You know, running up and down that wing, and his delivery was a a one as per. I just think he just needed a rest. And you get a rest, and this is what happens. Um, big up, Simicast is a good understudy. And um, this is what we needed, isn't it? We've been looking for times place where we don't have to play James Moore like left back. We can have yep. another left back center bench who's really good that we know he's going to come in and, and do well. But um, yeah, I think Robbo played very, very well in that game. Um, and he's just a. The thing with Robbo, like, you don't really need to say much because his performances say, you know what I'm saying, say a million words. So. Again, he's going to start against Everton and take from there. Completely agree. I completely forgot about Robertson. It was such a good performance as well. Kind of just like completely left him on the agenda after the agenda. So do apologise, Robbo. That one's on me. Um, 
but yeah, no, that's, a, that's been a fantastic pod, gents. Um, gonna start introducing a new thing on the pods. Um, so we're gonna introduce a little segment called The Last Word. Uh, I'm gonna give one of you the opportunity to have the last word on the pod. Uh, I think it's very apt that you know we have the general, the cop and the leader, uh, one of the original TLF members, Ellis, to kind of give us the last word. So, Els, the floor is yours. Oh, last word, putting on a spot, mate. Uh, <laughs> Yo, let me spit a quick 16. Old tight, old mark. No, joking. Uh, yeah, last word. Up the Reds. Um, I think we are now entering the business end of the season. We've already done a third. By now, from now until about January, January would have played up to 20 games. So this is where you see the real men, men from the boys. We'll see if certain teams who are sitting on top are really about that life if they can chop and change. And um, I expect to see Liverpool up thereabouts. Um, so, yeah, face Evans is tomorrow. Three points. That's all that needs to be said. Thank you. We love to see it. Fantastic stuff, as always, from the gents. That has been the episode of Copper Fracas for Wednesday, the 1st of December. I always said the today's date when we're recording it. Um, hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have recorded it. I've been your host, Chris, and I've been joined by Peter and Ellis. If you do want a lot more Copper Fracas content, and of course, if you want that post-match Everton podcast as well, head over to the Patreon page and sign up just as well as free time for month today. That is www.patreon.com forward slash Copper Fracas. And up the fucking reds. Let's go. Network.